As I mentioned, we have Steiger Ministries with us today. I was introduced to Steiger Ministries back in 1988. First time I ever heard this word Steiger. What does that mean? I think it means dock, right? Or peer, peer. And so my wife and I were traveling, representing mercy ships through Europe. I'd been married for one year, and we were traveling, and we stopped in YWAM Amsterdam, and they said, oh, there's this thing down there. Go, you ought to go see it. It's really great. So I went to the boat, this metal barge. I didn't know what to expect, but it was some kind of a Christian meeting. And so I went in there and got a picture. I'm from Minnetonka, grew up here in the suburbs, you know, and I walked into this boat and it was music at a level I'd never experienced in my life. And they had this band playing with a really strange name called No Longer Music. And they said the leader of this was this guy from Minneapolis named David Pierce. And he, they, I had to go see this band. So there were, it was very, very tight quarters. I mean, talk about COVID. You know, you were like bouncing and they were, they were slam dancing and they had like, you know, mohawks and purple hair sticking up in spikes. And I don't know, maybe my mind has embellished over the years. I can't imagine that. But the, I just remember trench coats and you know, I was like in a leather jacket. I thought, I'm pretty cool. You know, I had the, I walked in there, it's like, oh man, I am like way out of style. The trench coats and the boots and, the, and they were, it was just screamo music. And I remember on the, I think it was an overhead projector, the song that I could only see that they were singing because I didn't recognize it was As the Deer Pants for the Water in screamo something. And, and I'm pretty open to new things of God. And I thought, they've gone too far. <laughs> they, have, they have crossed the line. I mean, this, this, I don't know if this can really be of God or not. So I'm, I'm there, was unable to talk to Janet because we were screaming at each other, but still could not communicate. I wanted a Coke. They had a Coke for sale in the back. So I'm listening to this music. My ears are blowing out. And all of a sudden, David says, okay. And I just remember the sound going, doom, 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 doom. and he shuts it all down. Everybody sat down, these people off the streets, and I can still remember your Bible study. Can you imagine that? David preached on the power of the word of God to change your life. And he just opened the word of God and shared the gospel with these people off the streets of Amsterdam. And I went, okay, I'm back in. This is a ministry that is going places that the local church may not go. And they are bringing the gospel to people who would probably never darken the door of our church. They're bringing Jesus to a generation in need. And I fell in love with Steiger that day back in 1988. And here we are. Here we are at City Hill Church, and we have the founder and president of Steiger with us to minister to us today. So David, come on up, bring us the word of God. Let's hear it for David Pierce. I've never been called the president before. Uh, can we have some of the Steiger people stand up? So you can, you know, all, I mean, not some. Yes, there they are. So you can sit down, keep your hand on your wallets. And uh, this is my young wife, Jody. Do you want to stand up, Jody? Some of my grandkids are here. Come on, stand up, grandkids. There they are. So it's a, oh, and I want to say uh, we are so blessed by this church, aren't we, Steiger people? How they allowed us to just invade and break all kinds of rules that we won't tell you about. And uh, we are so grateful. And, and Kent, what a cool guy he is. So I'm just so, so uh, grateful and blessed. And Paul and Bobby, wow, what legends they are. Really. So do we, have, do we have any books here and stuff? Do we have a book table? We do. All right, well, there's some books back there. If you want to know more after uh, the service, you can, the books are not for sale. You can take one. You can leave a donation if you want. Um, 
So just leave what you can afford. It will go to support the work. Uh, and if you take a book and you could leave money for it and you didn't, I hope you're eaten by worms. So anyway, I just wanted to make that clear. Now I wanted, I really wanted to bring uh, my band here, but Kent is too cheap and he wouldn't do it. And I know the only reason you came is because you wanted to see my band. Isn't that right? But Kent was too cheap, so that means I'm going to have to act out the band. I'm going to have to do all of it on stage before you, just me, without the band. And so I snuck, it's going to be lame, but it's the best I can do. All right, so um, we've evolved over the years, uh, but... God has called us to go to people, young people especially, who would never come into the church, which is the majority today. And, um, and many people have this idea about Jesus, this, this bad idea about Jesus, and the challenge for us is to get them to see who the real Jesus is. And so one of the things people think is that when you follow Jesus, you're kind of this weak, timid person, you know, and, and he's not... Anyway, so we want to break this image. And we've done this in different ways, but this is one way that we've done this. So uh, there, imagine a stage, and there's a wall on the stage with a red spotlight on the wall. And uh, there's all this smoke, you know, like, like smoke on the stage. And this really cool music, you know, tracks coming through the PA. I wanted the band to be here, but Kent was too cheap. So you have this red spotlight on the wall. I, no one can see me. I have on a gas mask. I have a chainsaw. And attached to the chainsaw is the microphone. So the band's playing. So I stop the chainsaw. Let's go through the PA. I start cutting through the wall with the chainsaw. And everyone's going, this is the best music we've ever heard. Now there's a guy that was in my band during this time who looked like a vampire. He wasn't trying to, that's just how God made him. And as we all know, vampires are an unreached people group. So he come running over to me. I take off the gas mask. I, I took the microphone off the chainsaw. I threw him the chainsaw. The man's running to play. And I went, you say evil systems are still in control. How can you have a future if there's still no place to go? Join the revolution. Take it to the streets. We're not going to do it by throwing rocks at police. I say, and Jesus said, the only way to peace is through love. Instead, they're going, wait a minute. The vampire's cool. The chainsaw's cool. But what's this Jesus stuff? So then I go, I'm really tired. Where's my bed? And then this bed comes on the stage with all these sirens and special effects. And I put on a nightgown. And I stand on top of the bed, and I go, I believe in sex. Now, when you're with normal people, they go, yay. But I know we're in church, and we all have to pretend that we're shocked. I believe you should have sex all the time. I believe you should have sex all the time. Yes, yes. And then I go, after marriage. Um, you look like you don't believe in sex before or after marriage. You need to bring in a special speaker. So then the vampire's pushing me around on this bed, and I'm singing this song, No Sex Before Marriage. And uh, 
Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 5, that he preached Christ and him crucified so that people would not be convinced by human wisdom but by God's power. So in our shows, we show a modern-day depiction of the death and resurrection of Jesus. And uh, this one show I want to tell you about, we were doing in Beirut, Lebanon, where we have a full-time city team. And one of the visions of our mission is to have 100 city teams in every, I mean, by 2025, all over the world. In fact, we're on, already well on the way for this to happen. But anyway, we're in Beirut, Lebanon, and uh, they thought it would be a good idea for me to have a, a Muslim bodyguard because there's a whole busload of people coming from the Hezbollah part of the city to our concert. So we're, we're, we're showing a modern-day depiction of the death and resurrection of Jesus on stage. But first we show the passion of Jesus, that he's not indifferent to our suffering, that he's angry about the injustice. And we, it's hard to show it to you now here uh, this morning, but we have this girl who's abused behind this shadow box. It's, uh, it's, it's not gratuitous, but you know what's going on. And I'm representing Jesus, and I pick her up, and I carry her to the front of the stage. And I go, I can't protect you when you leave my side. I can't keep you safe. Don't hate your life. And then it, the story proceeds all with live music. I'm representing Jesus. I'm killed. I'm put into a coffin. But this coffin is a special coffin. It has hydraulics in it. And so to show the resurrection of Jesus on stage, it starts to lift up on hydraulics and it looks like it explodes, and I come out of the coffin to show how Jesus rose from the dead. This is in a club in Beirut. The name of this club is called Tantra, which means sex god. This is the club we were in. So then I come out of the, we show this resurrection, and I go, Jesus is the one you need. He is the one who can set you free. Only Jesus came back to life. He is the one that made it possible for us to have, have freedom, true freedom. He can break the chains, the bondages, the lies of the world. And you need to give your life to Jesus. Now, I'm not in a Christian venue, okay? The opposite. And all these people are throwing their cigarettes down. So then, so then I go, okay. So then we had this, this follow-up meeting in a club. And a band came to learn more. And the name of the band was Necrophilia. This was, it's, Necrophilia is not a Christian band. And so, again, I'm explaining. I'm explaining who Jesus is. And I said, you, if you want to come to Jesus, you have to come up here you, in front of everybody, and you need to kneel. The entire band came forward, knelt, and gave their life to Jesus and they changed their name to something like Voice of Heaven, which is a pretty cool transformation, don't you think? There are no closed doors for Jesus. You know, and Jesus was offending the religious people all the time. He was always doing things to offend them. I mean, he was, he was eating with the, with the bad people, the people who were despised. And to eat with people in that culture was to be very intimate with them. It wasn't like just going to a restaurant and having a meal. To eat with somebody in that culture was a very intimate thing to do. And because of that, the religious people were offended. Because they thought, if Jesus really came from God, he would not be so intimate with these bad people. So in that context, he told this story in Luke 15, 1 through 7. So now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. And Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? 
And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me! I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Okay. Let me explain the story to you. Now, I have to be honest. I don't, I've never owned any sheep. I had a dog, but I didn't have a sheep. And if some of my sheep ideas are incorrect, I don't want, and some of you look like you are sheep people. It's obvious to me anyway. And so please don't come up to me and tell me my, this message was wrong because you know more about sheep than I do. I don't want to hear about it. All right. Now, you have 100 sheep. And there's this one sheep that keeps running away. What is this sheep like? Well, if sheep could be dangerous. You know, if you could have attack sheep. If sheep could bite people, this would be a biter sheep. This sheep doesn't dress like the other sheep. This sheep has strange sheep music. This sheep has strange sheep hair. This sheep is always taking the weak sheep off doing bad sheep stuff. I'm the shepherd. I have 99 respectable sheep. This sheep is rebellious. He has a bad attitude. What should I do? Get rid of him, of course. Right? I mean, after all, I have 99 respectable sheep. Well, what does the good shepherd do? The good shepherd looks for the lost sheep. All right. During my lunch break, I'll get in my car, maybe take a quick look around the city. But I can't be away from the 99 sheep very long because they're in the open pasture. The open pasture. What does that mean? It means they're vulnerable. They're not safe. They're in the open pasture. So I can't look very long because of that. What does the good shepherd do? The good shepherd looks for the lost sheep until he finds him. Until he finds him. There's no time limit. Whether it's a day or a month or a year, the good shepherd looks for the lost sheep until he finds him. Now, this is a very important thing to understand about lost sheep. Lost sheep are lost. That's why they're called lost sheep. What does that mean? Lost sheep go to lost sheep places. How have I responded to the places that lost sheep go to? Thank you, God, that you'll never see me there. I've heard about the terrible things that happened in those lost sheep places. But I want you to know I'm a Christian. And you'll never see me there. And you'll never see anyone in my church there. But I know this. I know that if Jesus came to Minneapolis, He would know the radicals at the university. He would know the names of the people in the clubs. He would know the names of the prostitutes. He would, people would, he would be involved where all the lost sheep go to. Because Jesus loved lost sheep so much, he was willing to go to lost sheep places.
for a while, Jody and I and our two, two young boys lived in the, we were in the, well, actually before our kids were born, we were living in the heart of the red light district. And uh, Jody would go and talk to the girls that were sitting behind the windows because the prostitutes there sit behind windows. And then men would walk by and uh, pick out the girl that they want to be with. And so there's this one girl that was sitting behind the window that really wanted to know about God. And so I would go with Jody and, and stand on the street, and, and then she would go behind the window to talk to this girl. Men would walk by, and they would see my wife Jody behind the window, and they would come to the conclusion that she was a prostitute. And I didn't like that. I didn't like men looking at my wife like that. But I had to understand something. If my wife was going to show God's love to that girl, she had to be willing to be mistaken for a prostitute. Because you know what? If you reach lost sheep, you're going to be accused of being a lost sheep yourself. Just like Jesus. What did they call Jesus? They called him a drunkard. In Amsterdam, they would have called him a junkie. They called him a glutton. They called him a sinner, an immoral person. Because he loved lost sheep so much, he, he didn't care if he's accused of being a lost sheep. What do you do when you find that sheep? You stupid sheep. I left behind 99 respectable sheep looking for you sleeping out in the cold and the rain. And if you're really angry, you eat the sheep. And that's what I would do. I would stand up on the bridges in Amsterdam. And I would preach about all the bad things going on in our neighborhood. And these guys who were kickboxers would come and threaten to kill me. And I thought, wow, isn't this great? I'm being persecuted. But what does the Good Shepherd do? The Good Shepherd kneels down and he picks up this sheep. And this is a heavy sheep. This is a dirty sheep. And he puts it on his shoulders and he carries it home. And Jesus said there's more joy in heaven over one lost sheep who was found than over 99 sheep who are not lost. I knew this this businessman who lived just outside of Boston, 45 years old, five kids, and he sold real estate. Very serious about his relationship with God. Really involved in his church. But he was thinking, is this all there is to being following Jesus? There has to be more than, than following Jesus than this. So he thought, maybe I should be a missionary. He spoke Spanish, so he thought, maybe I should go to Mexico and be a missionary. But then he thought, before I go and do that, maybe I should ask God if there are any needs where I live. So he went out on the street of his neighborhood, and he said, God, is there any, any needs here? And he overheard this girl talking to one of her friends. And she was talking about how she couldn't go home at night because her father was abusing her. And he kept running into these young people on the street. And he went back to his house and he knelt by his bed and he said, God, why are you showing this to me? I'm not a pastor. I'm a businessman. Why are you showing this to me? So he didn't know what to do. So he, so he went to McDonald's and he bought all these french fries. And he's going out at night and just handing them out to these young people on the street. 
And then his wife said, well, why don't you invite them to come into our home for a meal? And then he asked if I would come and speak to them. So I walked into this businessman's house and it was filled with these young people. And I said to them, there was a beggar and he was blind and he heard that Jesus was walking by. So he said, Jesus, have mercy on me. And all the people around this beggar said, would you just shut up? Do you understand how important Jesus is? You are a useless beggar. You need to be quiet. You're not important enough to cry out to Jesus. But the more they told him to be quiet, the louder he got. Jesus, have mercy on me. Finally, Jesus said, who's shouting? Oh, don't worry, Jesus. It's just that useless beggar. No, Jesus said, tell him to come to me. And, I, and I, he said, what do you want? And this beggar said, I don't want to be blind. I want to see. And so Jesus touched his eyes and gave him back his sight. And I said to all these young people in this businessman's house, how many of you want to see Jesus? And they all said that they did. And I didn't know what to do, so I just, I just started to pray. And the Holy Spirit invaded the house. And some of these young people were laying with their face on the living room floor, weeping for hours. Some were actually huddled against the living room wall like this because the Holy Spirit was so strong in the house. People were knocking on the door at 11.30 at night. We heard what's happening here. Would you pray for us too? And a ministry was raised up for a time reaching hundreds of these young people because a 45-year-old businessman with five kids was willing to let God break his cold, hard heart. You see, God wants me to have the heart of the Good Shepherd. But my heart can be so cold. I mean, I can, I can have neighbors that I've lived next to for years, literally years, and my, my, I don't, my heart doesn't break for them. I can, I can have people that I go to work with every day, people I go to school with every day, and I know they don't know Jesus. And my heart doesn't break. What's even worse is I can even have people in my own family, in my own family that don't know God, and I don't cry for them either. And, you know, you can hear a message like this, and you can think, okay, that's right. I'm going to care about the lost. I'm going to have the heart of the good shepherd. And I can tell you that I've tried that, and it doesn't work. I can't, I can't change my heart. But there is something I can do. I can repent. I can do that. I can repent. And I can say, Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that my heart is so cold. I'm sorry that I don't cry for the lost. I repent. And I ask that you would forgive me. That you would forgive me and that you would take a little piece of your broken heart and give it to me. I can do that. And maybe some of us need to repent this morning. Maybe we need to say, maybe you started out with a 
heart for the lost. You know what I mean? It's like, and your heart burned for people. But if you're honest, it doesn't burn anymore. And you need to go back to those days when you cried for the lost again. And say, Jesus, I want to feel your heart. I want to have the heart of the good shepherd. Give me your heart. I don't know with COVID if you, what you can do or not do, but maybe you can kneel. If, don't, I don't want everyone to kneel. So this is only if you feel like this message was for you. Don't be manipulated by my words. But if you know that this message was for me and I need to repent, then I think it's good to do something physically, not just, you know what I mean? So if you know this message is for you, then kneel with me now and we'll repent together. I know there's some people here you're thinking I don't need to kneel I can you feel this conviction from the Holy Spirit and you're thinking I don't need to kneel I can just I can just do this sitting in my chair and I disagree I think if the Holy Spirit is convicting you you need to humble yourself and you need to kneel so if, if that's you I, I encourage you not to resist the Holy Spirit Lord Jesus, I want to just say I'm sorry for the way my heart can be so cold, I can be so selfish, Lord. And so I just want to repent, Lord, that my heart doesn't break like it should. I just want to say I'm sorry, Lord. And I ask that you would forgive me I don't want to have a heart of stone, Lord. I want to have a heart of flesh. I want to have your heart. Lord, I would need more of your broken heart. I can be too, I don't want to, and I've said this to like a lot of people in our Steyer family here, Lord, please don't let me be a professional Christian, Lord. Give me more of your eyes, Lord. Let me be more angry about the injustice more upset about the brokenness. That's my honest confession, Lord. I want to feel your heart more, so please change my heart. Give me more of your heart. And Lord, I want to pray for my brothers and sisters here, especially those kneeling before you right now. I ask that you answer this prayer. and that you would give them a part of your broken heart. Lord, that they would start to see the world the way you see the world, and then that you would send them Jesus, that you would use them to bring your love to people who have only heard lies. Lord, we need to see a revival in our country. It's... it's we can't. We need to see your power, Lord. We need to see you move. So please move in us. Move in me. Don't let me be satisfied. And Jesus, who said there's a great harvest and there are few workers. Well, Lord, look around this church. I ask that you would send every single one of us Every one of us has a role to play in reaching this lost world. Let us remind us of what that role is and let us play it fully, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.
I just want to say, um, if you feel like God is, was challenging you, you have, to, you have to seek God in a different way. You can't, it doesn't, you got to start, you can't just do things like you've always done them. You have to seek God in a different way. And for some people, that means spending, going to Carver Park and spending all night in prayer. For some, it's going to look different, but you can't just say, okay, God, I want this, and then just do the, be normal. You have to seek God in a different way. And I, and if you start to seek God in a different way, the breakthroughs will come in your life and in the church. It says in James, we do not have because we do not ask God. That's where you start. That's where you always start. And then you pray in a non-religious way. You don't tell God the things you think he wants you to say, but you're honest with him. God, I don't care enough. I'm not crying. I don't care about anybody. I don't want to be like this. You've got to stop being religious in the way you pray. You need to read the Bible that way too. Don't read the Bible in a religious way. Read the Bible in a non-religious way. Really wrestle with the things that you read. Don't just read it and move on. Go, why is this not happening? If this is real, why is this not happening? This is how it works. You got to get out of this kind of way of thinking. And then it's like, with God, nothing is impossible. So what about me, Lord? This is how you got to be. Or you know what? Your life is going to go by like this. 20 or 30 or 40, that's how it goes. Boom. Don't just hear this and walk away. Be serious about it. Totally forgot. I was supposed to show this video in the beginning. I didn't do that. Aaron's mad at me, my son. He's like, well, you didn't show the video. That's why he's here to check out if I showed the video. Sorry, Aaron. I didn't show the video, okay? But I can show the other stuff. What's the other stuff we got? Oh, yes. We're doing a Jesus in the secular world class here next week. Saturday! So if you're serious, wait a minute, don't start it yet! What, what do we got going on back here? So you need to come to this class, make a, you know, come on, it's 9 to 12 on Saturday, you can do that. They'll probably have coffee and all the stuff to, you know, keep it, keep it real. But you need to come. Anyway, replay the video. So you need to come. You need to be there. You know, and it's not just for like, don't, that's, it's for everyone of all ages. It's going to be relevant to you. It's, a, it's really important. So everyone needs to be there. And if you know other people that should be there, bring them. It's, there's no cost. It's all free. Uh, and also we have, can you put another, the other slide up there? Yes, we have a, a Steiger Compact School at Grace Church in Eden Prairie on November 5th through the 7th. It's also free, and it's a, it's a, if you were, were challenged by some of the, we get into our, the principles of how do you bring Jesus to a secular world who doesn't believe in truth anymore. And then the next slide, 
Yes, Provoke and Inspire podcast. It's a, we, you need to check that out. Uh, we, it's a podcast that I do, and, and uh, my son Ben and other people. We have really crazy guests on there, like Brian Head Welsh from Corn is a pretty regular contributor. We have uh, Shane Claiborne, who uh, is an activist in Philadelphia, and he actually takes uh, guns, melts them down, and turns them into garden tools, which is kind of cool. And we, have a, we had a, a lady on from Australia. It's, this will be coming out on Monday. She wanted us to, her vision was to have in her town to have a pornography-free uh, city. And she's come under all kinds of death threats because of it. And you need to listen to it. It'll really, really challenge you. Uh, we've had, uh, yeah, we have a lot of pretty amazing guests on our podcast. We had uh, Timothy Keller, uh, Todd White. Um, he was just on. Who else do we have? I don't know. So you need to go on there, check that out. It'll, it'll encourage you. And are there any other slides? Is that it? All right, well, what? Yes. Can you go back to the compact school? Okay, how, how can you? Why don't we have times on the slide? Where is Aaron? He left. <laughs> when he saw I wasn't playing the video, he left. What? Oh, yeah, so steiger.org slash USA. And then you'll find out the times. I don't know why we don't have times on the slide. Um, Felipe, just tell them. Come on. This is Felipe. He is... He is, uh, he is from Brazil, and he's soon to be married to, his, to uh, a beautiful girl from Colombia. And we had to pay a lot of money for that to happen. I mean, look at him. So he's our, he's gonna, he's our North American. Uh, we're, we're, we feel real called to have uh, a ministry. We were doing a lot of ministry in other countries, but now we feel like we got to be doing things here in the U.S., play our part, and he's going to, he is our North American uh, director, uh, Steiger. So. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, guys. Uh, well, I just want to tell you, like, this is very important, and so invite friends. If someone comes to your mind that would fit, you know, or, you know, Whoever, you just invite them. Tell them, like, hey, you need to check this out. And if you have any doubts, message us. It's very easy to find us. We, Paul, Paul and, and Bobby as well, you can ask questions. So that's very important. Good? It's going to be very, very cool. All right. Okay. Amen. Thank you, David. I've wanted to continue just to continue to pray for the youth of our nation. If I could have the, um, Jake representing the young adults. Jake has the leadership role with our EDGE ministry here at church. And also Olivia Farrell, where are you? Olivia, come on up, one of our wonderful youth of our church. I'd like to continue just to pray. I've asked these people to pray for our youth of our nation. And I'd, invite you to join with us. Olivia, why don't you start us off here? God, thank you that you are good. And even when, oops, sorry. <laughs> and even when everything in the world just seems so chaotic and seems hopeless, God, you are a peace and, and you are the hope in the hopeless situations, God. Lord, our youth now, there's so much going on. There's so many distractions and in the digital age, it can be a tool to further the kingdom, God, but it can be, bring such destruction, God, and, and that's everywhere, Lord. That's, we're seeing that every, I see my friends, I see people at my school, I see people on social media, God, 
and I see what they're doing, and I see how far away they are from you. My heart breaks for them, God, that they don't know you, and that they don't love you, and that that what they're doing is pushing them farther away from you, Lord, and, and they don't have what I have, and they don't, they don't know. God, they're seeking you in things that, that don't bring them joy, that don't bring them peace, God. They're looking for something that they don't know that only you can provide, and they're finding it, and they know, they know that they have a hole inside them, they know that they're empty, and they, they just don't know how to find it, God. So I pray that you would use each and every person here, God. They would use them to speak into people, speak into the young people, Lord, be mentors, impact our peers, Lord. Everyone can do something, God. Everyone has a part, Lord. Whether it's prayer, whether it's speaking to them, whatever it is, God, whether it's just loving on them. Maybe it's not time to speak the gospel yet. Maybe it's time to just build a relationship and be close with them so they're ready to receive that, Lord, in in your time. God, thank you. Thank you that you are good and that you are in control of the situation, Lord. You know, that the enemy thinks he's won. The enemy thinks he has us down, God, but that's not true. You have the victory. You have the final victory, Lord. It's yours. Amen. Thank you, God, Jesus. God, they're not lost. Come, God, they're not Jesus. hopeless. God, you, you have that. Lord, I pray that we would give that up to you and give our lives to you and say, how, how can you use me, Lord? God, I pray that you would give us opportunities and, and that you would give us the courage to do it, Lord, and we feel that voice inside that says, maybe I should say something. Maybe I should reach out, God. I pray that we would do that. God, give us a boldness. Give us a boldness to go and to reach others around us, Lord. God, thank you. Thank you that I know you. Thank you that you saved me, Lord. Mm, thank you, Jesus. God, it's such a blessing. Thank you. Lord, I don't, I don't want to keep the blessing to myself, Lord. I want to give it to other people. So, God, thank you. Give us opportunities. Give us boldness. In your name. As I've been praying for this all week, God brought me back to a very powerful passage in Proverbs, and I'm going to read from that in a second, but I want us each to examine what do we actually use as our compass? What is our source of truth, and do you follow it? How often do you go back and refer to it? If you're one degree off and you're walking across the room, it's not a big difference. But if you're one degree off and you're trying to go to Hawaii, you will end up in a completely different area. And so we have to know what our identity is. We have to know who our Lord is. And then we have to know who we are. That's the first thing. Because out of this comes the fear of the Lord. And that ultimately is how we will live our life. And then how often do we self-correct? Do we check back? if we're going where we should be going. With that in mind, I want to read from Proverbs 2. It says, My son and daughter, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you search for it as silver, and search for it as hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He holds success in store for the upright. He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless. For he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. Then you will understand what is right and just and fair, every good path. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will protect you, and understanding will guard you. Lord, I want to pray for the young adults of this generation. Thank you, Jesus. Many of us, we have choices. We have education. Are we willing to give it up for you? Are we willing to be a light in dark places? Are we willing to make that step? God, we're scared. We're confused. We don't really know if what we're doing is going to work, but God, you'd still ask us to trust you, still ask us to, to be, to, to lose it all, to lose our reputation for you, God. And so I pray that our identity would be so wrapped up in who you say that we are, that even the thoughts that encroach upon us, God, they will not overcome us, God. You have overcome us, Lord. We have, we have bowed our knees to you, Lord. 
And we want to see this nation get back on track, God. We want to see this world get back on track. Lord, you paid a price. You hung on a cross for us not to be weak, but to be bold and to give up our lives. That's real love. Lord, I pray that we as young adults, Lord, we will make the tough decisions that we need to, to, to make sure our families are taught your commands and are on the right path, God, and to be humble enough to walk before you, Lord. We ask for your help, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks. So, Father, we thank you that you are um, challenging us this morning. Father, may we be a church, may we be a people that get outside these walls, step into the mess, step into challenges outside of this church, Lord. Father, may we be a light to people who are so hurting, God. Father, I know life can be messy. I know life can be scary sometimes, stepping out of the safety of a church. But God, may we step outside. God, make us a church that looks outward. Make us a people that that when we see those opportunities don't drive by and don't run by, but Father, we stop and we enter in. God, make us those who go after that lost sheep, representing you here on this earth, God. Lead us and guide us, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. We're going to take an offering for David and Steiger, as we do for those who are all our guest speakers. Um, the information will be here on the slide behind me. You can also just get online on your CCB account or whatever in the box and back, just right for Steiger Ministries. We want to bless those who have brought such great blessing to us. Amen? Amen. Um, it's good to be together. If you'd like some prayer, if God has ministered to your heart or touched you, we will have a couple people in the ministry team right over in this corner over here. Just going up. I'd love to partner with you in the prayer for the needs that you're facing. And if you're a guest today, and I'll be out there at the Welcome Center. I'd love to meet you personally. God bless you. Thanks for being here. Thanks for joining us online. Let's be the light of Christ to a world in great need. Amen? With God. <laughs>